0: No Hope, the podcast. The town was about having gay sex, snorting cocaine, and getting drunk till 10 in the morning. Hans, it's been amazing to hear
1: about your career. We do also, and we've been talking about musicals, but we do also talk Mm -hmm. about musicals that we love and that we hate. And I know that you have. Uh, chosen a musical that you love that we haven't spoken about yet, which I'm mm. also very excited about. I know it's getting late there. I'm sorry that we're, we're keeping you for quite some time, but we have a few little introductory questions. And these are going to be really interesting to ask you because, mm-hmm. uh, as I, as I mentioned earlier, you are our first international guest.
0: So, yeah, I'm very curious on this one because this is very, possibly very states specific, but like things that were on, you know, just public access television as a child uh two things that came up for tim and i were the sound of music and the wizard of oz but we always ask our guests if either of those things were things that they encountered as a child or if there was another sort of like formative you know first thing you remember seeing in like the musical theater genre that you know made you sort of like sit up and listen
2: I don't think I have until today ever seen The Sound of Music. Really? <laughs> neither, Whoa! You know, okay. Neither, yeah. neither the film nor a stage version of it. Even though I was close to traveling to Salzburg, Austria, to see a, a version that played there a few few years uh, back, because I like the um, the idea of doing it in Austria, and I like the creative totally. team. Um, But I I don't think until today I've seen it. The Wizard of Oz, I have. And it was Mm. part of, you know, not exactly of a Christmas routine, but it would have been one of those films that would be repeated once a year. And, uh, you know, I think I'm sure my parents thought it was worth seeing um, and made us children sit down and watch it. I don't have, have... particularly fond memories of it, or I wasn't a particular hmm. fan of it, but I, I do remember it. Absolutely.
1: Was there something else though? Was there an alternative that was shown in Germany that was a musical that had that same sort of annual event sort of nature to it or?
2: Uh, no. Actually. Okay. Okay. No, there was a there's a tradition and there was a tradition on German on German public television for Christmas to produce miniseries in the seventies. Very lavishly uh, produced miniseries with either futuristic or historical things. There was one about a Scottish um, you know, the son of a Scottish lord that got lost and all of that, and and this was the this was the blockbuster in Germany. Hmm. Uh, people okay. would sit okay. for four Saturday afternoons. They would watch those ninety-minute episodes, you know, oh, before well. Christmas. Um, and everyone, you would, everyone at school would talk about it Monday morning.
1: Right, right, hmm. okay. And okay. I
2: followed those religiously. I was in love with every single uh, male principal. And with actually with the with the with the music that they used in uh, in in many of those shows, funny enough, hmm. even though they weren't musicals, but they paid very you know good people to write film music for it, and there right, was usually right. uh, there was usually definitely. a title song that also became sort of a a radio played on radio.
1: What was the first? Um, I don't think that this is a fair question since you're. Because there really isn't—is there really a? There's not really a Broadway or West End in Germany, is there? No, there isn't.
0: But there's all this. So what? What would be? I still think it's relevant. What would be your first
1: Broadway or West End musical that you can remember?
2: (laughs) Do you know? I I don't really like musicals, like you. Oh, you don't? No.
0: <laughs> Tim bursts <And>, up.
2: And, <laughs> I'm, you, you don't. Know, and I was a theatre student at university, so it was all about art. Mm. And I mean, the the, the stuff we did mm. at university, yeah. no one understood the, the 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 devised pieces that we performed. You know, people, n- nobody understood. Um, mm. And then I went to London, and even so, in the West End, I would queue a day to get tickets to see Dustin Hoffman in the Merchant of Venice. I wouldn't queue in the West End to see a musical, you know, okay. I would, I went with my mother, We uh, visited once. And at the national, we went to see Sunday in the park with George, the okay. famous production, uh, James Lapine yet again. Um, mm-hmm. that was my first brush with James Lapine before hunchback. Um, I don't remember a lot except um, enjoying it. But for me, it was like, I was, I remember I bought the tickets. I didn't even know what it was. And then it turns out to be a musical and my mother loved it. And I was like, damn, I thought I was going to see a proper play with her. And she'd be annoyed because she wouldn't understand so much. But there you go. And then I was at Bristol (laughs) and my brother was at a conference in London. And he said, I have tickets for Les Mis. They gave us those tickets for the conference uh, come down to London Saturday night and we'll watch the show together. And I sat in that theater in row 20 of the stars, probably, next to my brother. And I remember crying through the entire second act. Um, <laughs> and that was it.
0: Okay. Those are good. Those are some good answers. Yeah, Sunday in the Park. That's bragging right? Oh, my God.
2: Yeah, but, you know, I didn't realize it was like my first yeah. sort of Broadway West End type musical for, because it, is, mm. it was in the National Theater. It was not, you know, it was not in, in a one of those theaters on Shaftesbury Avenue or on Charing Cross Road. Um, right, right. Um, so, you know, for me, it's Les Mis. Mm. And then I started seeing musicals uh, on tour in Bristol. And I remember seeing aspects of love.
0: <laughs> That's come up once on this podcast. As well. And going, what
2: the fuck is In this? Why do people pay less... money for this? I saw cats on tour and I thought, what on earth? I mean, I, nearly yeah. Fin- yeah. I, nearly, <laughs> I had nearly finished with commercial musicals at that time.
0: I mean that's fair <laughs> after aspects of love and cats so you uh, you did it you, you mentioned that you did perform which was one of my questions uh, yeah. coming into this at some point in your life is there were you ever in a musical
2: yeah at uh, at university in in London although I try to get away from the performing side of the course as much as possible and when it came to practical stuff I would you know, it's like everywhere. In the first year, you have to direct, set, build, and perform. And then the second year, you can choose. And I chose to just direct and, or do lighting mm. stage. And then I started doing stage management and stuff like that. And um, in the third year or the second year, I can't remember, um, I was asked by a friend whether I would audition or maybe I saw a poster and I thought I auditioned for this show because I actually Mm. realized that I really loved it because it was my first workshop Mm. that I ever did as a high school student at the Freiburger Theater. It was a production of Cabaret and I really loved that show. And I was asked to audition for it and I went there just, you know, I was like, yeah, okay, Tuesday at three, I'll be there. And I didn't know the musical director, he was at the piano and he made... He said hello, and I honestly, they, I, I just went there. I had no idea. And apparently a German who can sing high notes wasn't such a bad choice for that particular musical. Um, he made me sing Bridge Over Troubled Water, and halfway through the, through the mm. piece, he left the room and said, excuse me, I have to, and I was like, oh, that doesn't bode too well. And he came back with the director and said, listen to this guy, he can actually sing it. <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, so I got yeah, so I got the role.
0: That's a good song to throw. And what so what way. role? The MC. The M fucking Yes, C. Okay, I can see that. For oh, sure. me too. Yeah. Wait, wait if, how
2: old that, were you again? That was my second year in at Goldsmiths. So I was twenty at Goldsmiths. Five. Or okay. Something, yeah. okay. Okay. Oh
0: my god! What fun! I mean, if, oh, if yes. one was that role just seems like a
2: blast. And you know what? Everything I remember about about that production is having fun. I mean, it must have been really hard work. I can't dance to save my life. I mean, I can move, but I've never learned how to dance. Um, um, My director luckily didn't make me do a lot, except for obviously the two ladies number, which, you know, you need to move. Um, and mm-hmm. a little bit the um, if you could see her through my eyes which you can't really do is sitting in a corner somewhere oh I understand your objection I grant use the problems not small but if you could see her through my eyes she wouldn't look Jewish at all <laughs> Um, sure. but the, the, the piece and the music just carried me through every, everything, everything really. Um, and it was an amazing, um, it was an amazing experience. It did not, not however want me to do this for a living. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. so this is the musical that you are going to talk about. This is, <laughs> so this is so interesting to hear how, so is this how you came to Cabaret or did Full you second. know it? You already know it.
2: I did this workshop as a 16-year-old, or 17-year-old in that regional oh, right. state, state theater. I did not know what a musical was at the time. Cabaret and West Side, Stories were, West Side Story were always done in those theaters, but they weren't considered. I don't think the word musical appeared on the poster. You know, they were sung by the hmm. opera um, people, mostly, or by a guest, maybe. Um, the the you know the ensemble was the opera chorus. They were used usually. They they knew that they would draw a lot of um, attention from the general public because the film, the seventy two film, was very very famous in Germany. Everybody knows it. You know that's how I I saw it. I saw the film first, and then I did a production of that. And like in hindsight, years and years and years later, I was like, wow, that was my first behind the scenes. Professional experience in theater, and guess what? It was a musical. How funny! Welcome in cabaret, cabaret, cabaret. Leave your troubles outside. So,
1: life is disappointing. Mm?
2: Forget it. We have no troubles here. Here, Life is beautiful. So maybe hmm. I do like musicals. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I mean, you know, you like good ones. That's the difference. Right. I like good um, ones. Do you Scott want me to talk about a l- Cabaret a little bit? Yes, I do. Yes, I, want, yeah. I will. I will say um, that it is a 1966 mm-hmm. musical with music by John Kander, lyrics by Fred Ebb, and book by Joe Masteroff. It was based on John Van Druten's 1951 play, I Am a Camera, which was adapted from the semi-autobiographical novel, Goodbye to Berlin, by Anglo-American writer Christopher Isherwood, which was published in 1939. By the way, I love the fact that in near Nolendorf plots, there is a little spot, right? There's a little plaque that said Christopher Isherwood wrote here. I remember Tobias um, pointing that out to me. Mm. Um and yeah so okay, so to so tell us about uh your experience well, with cast as I
2: said, I was probably introduced, introduced to the to the piece by the seventy two um film. film version of it, um directed by Bob Fosse and starring of course Liza Minnelli, michael York, joel Gray, amongst others, and you know even though I don't know how old I was, to be honest, when when we watched it on television. I don't know how fast a seventy-two, you know, movie mm, film comes into German television. I I do know from research that both West and East Germany made um, uh, dubbed versions of it already in seventy-two. So uh, wow. no, sorry. The, the cinematic releases were dubbed, of course, in German. Also, they they were they were dubbed. So, but then it went, mm. It came into and I'm sure my parents thought it was a bit racy, but I'm sure they, you know, they loved Liza and they certainly approved sort of of the of the message. Um, right. Right. Yeah. Over time, I've begun to love it, and you know, it's one of those things. The more you, uh, the more I read about it, and the more Isherwood I read, the more I loved it. Isherwood himself um, came to Berlin. He followed W. H. Auden, whom he knew from school in England. Auden had moved to Berlin in '29, and Isherwood followed him after having studied several things, not finishing anything, Um, and he lived there only. A few years and funny enough, you know why Toby pointed out that plaque to you? A friend of ours actually lived in that flat where Isherwood lived. And wow. he is oh, wow. of course an American gay theater director, that guy. He doesn't live there anymore. <laughs> Our dear friend Craig, he was the um he was the resident director at Hunchback um in its last year. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. it's a small nice, world. Nice side
2: nice uh nice sideline. But honestly, every time I was at his flat, I literally going up those stairs in Schöneberg, you know, there they're these huge old wooden floor apartments that are hundreds of square meters and they tend to have a, a separate staircase for the maid in the in the kitchen when they're in their original state. And every time I went up the stair, you know, I could literally hear Fräulein Schneider shouting after Fräulein Kost and say, you know, one more sailor, and I'm calling the police! I'm putting my foot down. And and um it just it it just so and Isherwood and Arden moved hmm. to Berlin because they one of the official reasons is they wanted to experience the gay life in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Um, that was you know it's 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 totally, it's totally um official as it were. They were fascinated by the speed at which the the town was uh, functioning at the end of the twenties, um, by the literal ugliness and inhospitality of it and um, and then he started he started writing, you know, and the character of Glifford Bradshaw, the writer is semi-autobiographical, of course. He comes to Berlin from the U.S. to write a book, goes to a club called Kit Kat Club, meets Sally Bowles. He rents a room in Fräulein Schneider's boarding house. Sally Bowles moves in with him. They fall in love. He hates the idea of the Nazis, wants to leave Germany, begging Sally, who's pregnant by then, to come to France with him to take a boat to the U.S., Sally goes and has an abortion without consulting him. He leaves and leaves everyone behind into a totally uncertain future. It's completely banal. It's not even a big story. It's not a big musical either. I mean, I revisited the original um, Donmar Warehouse production that Sam Mendes directed in 93. Mm -hmm. It's basically a bare stage with three doors in the back and they bring chairs out. That's it. It's like a student production, literally. I'm sure it costs a lot of money, but it's it's you don't actually need a lot to do that. And the story is banal, and that's what I love so much about it. And it's I, I cannot stress enough, I think, how the... I mean, I love that ragtimey, jazzy music that they wrote, and the lyrics are beautiful, but Joe Masters' book is also beautiful because um, there's at least three sources that... You know he used from Isherwood's novels to to make to make the the book for that musical, and it captures that turning point in German history when the town was about having gay sex, snorting cocaine, and getting drunk Mm -hmm. until ten in the morning, and at the same time the Nazi Party already marching outside in the streets. You know.
1: do think you're kind of controlling? Oh,
2: mother, mother, it captures that moment
1: so it's well. so it's so brilliant. The fact that there's mm-hmm. just this hovering presence. The and you're thing. right, the, the, yep. the actual plot of the of the show is so simple and yeah. so you know it's it's a it's a it's a simple story, but you, yeah. fee- it, it with, within this context of this thing, and you really feel that, um, and it is, I mean, you know, we, Scott and I have talked about Candor and Ebel a little bit, we've seen, we went and saw their Quite most recent it, show, um, and yeah, well, yeah, what, so they did Chicago, they've done this, they also did The Visit, you've talked about mm-hmm. a couple of things that uh, that I didn't know. Do, do about. you know
2: that I, I I the only know Chicago and sh- I never even seen Fl- uh, Flora the Red Menace to be honest. And hmm. when it first came out in Germany, I thought it was a, 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 a it sounded so unAmerican. I don't know. I did. I never get when to see it. So I don't know yeah. a lot of their stuff except for what they wrote for Liza, of course. Also,
0: yeah. <laughs> I still get chills thinking of the end of that uh. production. The uh, with with
2: um... that was a cabaret. And there was a master of ceremonies. Mm -hmm. And there was Mm -hmm. a city called Berlin. In a country called Germany. And it was the end of the world. There was a cabaret. And there was a master of ceremonies. And there was a city called Berlin. In a country called Germany. And it was the end of the world. I was dancing with Sally Bowles. Oh. Yeah. And it's like dissonant tried music. I, I cried when I watched that the other day. I mean, I was looking at my oh, bloody yeah. computer screen. I cried.
1: Well, it just gave me fucking chills. you just reading that, like, so deeply. I and, mean, the, it's, yeah. it's, and
2: it's interesting because when it came up, I could literally speak with him. I, I know every... I still know every word, really, uh, uh, mm. or a lot of it, anyway. Um... I think one of the attractions that has, um, that has kept me loving the piece over the years was that I saw, and probably, you know, as a 16-year-old, that was very, a, a, a large, um, a big thing for me, I saw the, the aspects of the things that the characters do, which are mundane, but I was fascinated by it. They, they moved to Berlin to, to, to write a novel. They work in a nightclub without their parents' consent. You know, they prostitute themselves. They love men and women. They have threesomes. They love Jews. Mm -hmm. They smuggle stuff. They stand up for each other. They say what they think. They drink champagne and make love, although they they can't afford either. And they are kind (laughs) and wild and broken, you know. And then the Nazis arrive and they try to, very hard to to live their little life, to continue living their little lives. Mm -hmm. And others ride that wave and... You know, and rise to power. Um And it's so, it's just so well, it's so, so well done in a, in a small, in a small, in a small way. Uh, plus, the musical numbers are such fun. If you haven't any coal in the stove, and you pleased? In the winter, and you cursed? In the winter, When you haven't any shoes, are you piece be- you're paper, and you're thirty pounds on the When you go to get a word of advice from the fat little plaster, he will tell you the love ever And when, when hunger comes around, better than, better than, at the window.
1: At the window. Who's there?
2: Hunger! Yeah, hunger! See how love flies out that door. for My name no, makes the bird. Uh, you no, know, oh. on the other hand, you know, they are they are such fun. I mean, for me, it, it it's always been a great pleasure to just listen to the music and, and, and the singing.
0: What are your favorites? Yeah. Oh. What, was your favorite perf- what was your favorite to perform? What was your favorite to perform?
2: Funny enough, you are, I don't know, we, we should say that just for the record for our listeners, the mm-hmm. um, the original theater shows doesn't include all the hits, actually. They were written for the film. Right. Um, Money, Money was not... That. money money is not not in the show it's uh, and if you if you do a student production for of it at goldsmiths you don't have the money to buy the extra rides for that so (laughs) i i could i didn't get to sing money money i got to sing i'm sitting pretty Mm. which is a fucking terribly difficult song to sing (laughs) um um which one hang on i wrote it down um why should I wake up? Um, which is a beautiful song, is replaced in the film by maybe this time. Why should I wake up? Why waste a drop of the wine? Don't I adore you? And aren't you mine? Maybe I'll someday be lonely again. should I wake up? And mm-hmm. which I didn't uh, know. When, which when
0: Oh you know, you're gonna you're gonna probably say the thing.
2: Which, which I didn't know. When I heard Alan Cummings sing I don't care much. I didn't even know it was a new song that was wrote mm. written for for a ninety for the ninety eight revival of the of the show. It was never in either the film or the um, or the. And that is that must be my favorite. I have to say.
1: Words sound
0: false when you're cold.
1: I didn't know that either.
2: It's it's such an amazing um, song.
0: What I thought was interesting was maybe this time actually pre-existed and was sort of like from another show That's or something. That's very that,
2: possible. That is very possible. There were two songs, I think, that were from from, from another show that they put in, but they mm-hmm. also took him out again at, at some stage. Um, um, what I've always loved as a fun sort of gay thing was Mein Herr
0: yeah, oh, of
2: course. I, I just that's my
0: one of that's probably my favorite clip from the film. That you know, when we all, all we'd all sort of get together and sit around like yeah. drinking, watching Liza. Like we always put on mine hair just because it's it's like such an amazing performance by Liza. It is. It is. <laughs> and the it song is great
2: my wohl mein Hair, Hair, my hair and bye bye. Bye bye my lieber hair lieber, I don't think I've ever da, 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 seen it. I don't think I've seen it performed by a man though.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. Well,
2: that's not gonna, it's not going to be my karaoke showpiece. That's for sure. Probably
0: many sure. a drag, probably many a drag queen has performed my probably. Mine here. probably.
2: <laughs> when I when I when I was flicking through streaming platforms, I actually caught a, a performance that is on on YouTube um, by uh, Texas State University, I think, and it was interesting. The MC was played by a guy in drag. Oh. Um, who's okay. a Broadway performer now. I don't remember his name. Yeah. Nick Iber or something. Um, um, and it's interesting because I didn't realize it was because he has a, either he modulated his voice like that or he, um, but it, I didn't realize it was a man for the first five minutes. Hmm when he was doing Me, um, by the way, which is one of the m- most abused Wilkom. musical numbers in the entire world, I think. And I've, I've heard so many bad renditions of it. Oh, for sure. Um,
0: That's like another one where it. it's like, don't uh, audition with the songs; it's so overdone. Uh, Did you say most I mean, abused? <laughs> most abused? I love that. Most abused. Outside, it is winter,
1: but in here, it's so hot. Oh! Nights, we have to battle with the girls to keep them from taking off all of their clothing. So, don't go away. Who knows tonight we may lose the battle.
2: How many silly Abused. how many silly events with a show block have been, have been, have been. Oh my god, totally. this, you know. Yes, yes, even in the show, I sometimes don't really like it, but when. You mm. know th- these lines that I quoted before, and it was the end of the world. Are then followed immediately after the MC going again, eh, and it goes into this, you know, like into horror this show, cacophony, horror dissonant. show um, yeah. um, finale, which is just uh, it's just, even that is so well done,
0: such an effective ending, and yeah, that Mendes production, like if i wasn't already sold on cabaret like really sealed the deal because and went, then in, you know, in com-
2: 98 when i was visiting my boyfriend i had the good fortune to be able to see it at studio 54 oh,
0: you, and ugh, I, I i did by pure luck on a trip to new york and it was like i had won theater gold because it was like such amazing performances and the production like in you mentioned too, it was so spare, but that's what I loved about it so much. It was just very gritty and it didn't take much. It was like a smallish theater space. Uh, you know, it was just the fo- focus was like a wholly on the performers and, you know, and it felt like a gritty second rate cabaret.
1: Well, wasn't that, wasn't that when they, I think that production reopened studio 54, right. As a theater as I a think theater so. space. I, I it don't did. remember
0: it because it was Possible. like the Kit Kat Club and Studio 54. I saw it in like whatever the first venue was. I think it might have been called the Kit Kat Club. I think it was I called the Kit Kat Club. I think it was transferred
2: from somewhere to Studio 54 mm-hmm. then that revival. But I, I remember seeing it I remember it was there. like it was
0: a it was a small theater, I remember, and there was like table seating yes, and yes. stuff. So they it re, wasn't. It wasn't like a, they, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, completely. Yeah, they
1: completely. Um, they took out like all the seats the, and put in yep. the tables, and but there was definitely a yeah. balcony. Um,
0: for sure. I mean, yeah. it was a. I, I was like, so I don't remember how I got these tickets, but yeah, I was like twenty feet from stage, like right in the like cabaret. Oh yeah, it
2: was called whatever. the Kit Kat Club, previously known as the mm-hmm. Henry Miller's Theater. Okay, And then yeah, later yeah. transferred to Studio 54, where I saw it, which for me, you know, was like Studio 54. I'm actually in Studio 54. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. I really, I couldn't, I could not even. I, uh, and then f- Alan Cumming was like, I mean, you know, he was like in your face. I had pretty good oh, yeah, yeah. I was sure. I was literally embarrassed to have my boyfriend with me because I realized that maybe I love theater more than I love him. <laughs> And I certainly lusted after Alan Cumming More than I lusted after him In that particular moment Oh, absolutely But I was was also embarrassed about it I was like, it put Mm -hmm. me It just threw me I I thought I could react to this professionally As a theatre professional But I couldn't (laughs) at all
0: I was all emotion. Yeah, I had a huge talent crush on him but yeah but i've mentioned this on this podcast before but my similar moment was seeing will swenson and hair in in the production of hair and Mm. i was sitting next to my parents and he (laughs) straddled my seat and i was like oh my god oh my god oh my god i can't manage my reaction can't manage my reaction yeah i was like everyone in this theater knows that like yes there's like hearts coming out of my head right now Yeah. Mm.
2: yeah I, I Tim, you look very confused. I, I was
1: just looking at a little bit of a history, and, and you know we can talk about more of this later. But yeah, there's been. I didn't. Re, I think I had forgotten that the the, the the revival, the Broadway revival, started in London. And, and yeah. at, as you mentioned, oh, yeah. At, yeah. at the, at the it, Dunmar warehouse. It started at Don in Mar. the Donmar, then and transferred then moved, to New York. basically moved. Yeah. yeah, I see, I see, I see.
0: Do you know what I found fascinating, which I did not know until this morning, was that they, it was originally uh, they developed this earlier as a vehicle... Uh, intended to be a vehicle for Julie Andrews and she yes. turned it down yes. and the, all of the music was different and then they like lost the option and then it like became this like thing where then like Hal Prince kind of like swooped in but i oh, was yeah. like what the
2: management thought <laughs> it wasn't suitable apparently mm-hmm. and you know what i didn't mm-hmm. know until 3 days ago when i started reading a little about it that Hal Prince was the original director i had no idea oh really no
0: yeah. No, I, knew I don't really Fossey, know much about that production. I knew Fosse
2: and the film, but I didn't know um, hmm. obviously the original Broadway production wasn't such a point of reference for me. Um, hmm. um, but Well,
1: when, the I, original Broadway production was nominated for 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 It's a hat. Tony's and it won seven. seven. Yes. Yes. I mean, it really cleaned up. And
2: Joel Grey won both the Tony and and the Oscar for the MC. Wow. And apparently he's one of eight living person people who who have uh, won both the Tony and the Oscar for the same role. For
1: the same role. Oh, 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 wow. Cool. Wow. good fun
0: fact. This is a random
1: question that we would have been asking before, but just because you talked about your, um, your, you know, attraction to Alan Cumming, which I also shared. Um, Mm. are there any other like Broadway or West End (laughs) or German sort of like, oh, like you just, you know, like you might stalk them a little bit still to this day on social media or, um, you know, they could be past or present, anyone. Anyone is fair game.
2: No, I think Alan Cumming is it. I mean, there was there was a guy in in um, in London who, but this is more an anecdote than. I mean, I did have a huge crush on him. Um, he played a mouse in the original British hmm. television series of uh, Armistead Maupin's, uh Tales, Tales of the City. Of the City? Yeah, Tales of the wait, City. Wait, he played yeah. a mouse. He played it... No, the
0: character. The
2: character. The the main character oh. is called Mouse, I think. Isn't he?
0: Yeah, no, that's uh, that's correct. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. And actually, it's been I think a long he, time since I've read that book. I think he played it just... in the
2: American revival of it also. I could say his name now. <laughs> um, but um, anyway, I had a huge crush on him. And then a friend of mine took me to the Olivier Awards, which is like the Tony of the West End. Um, and of course, who... And after the awards, we were bussed. You know, the guests were bussed. I mean, the VIP guests who were at a dinner afterwards were bussed in London double-decker buses to that dinner location. And who would sit right in front of me and who Uh, literally almost mm. wet his pants. And until today, there's a little mystery. And then (laughs) I had moved to Bristol already, or I just moved after. And one day I come back to my... Um, to the flat in in bristol which i shared with a, a university teacher um he was the owner of the flat and we had this little blackboard in the kitchen and if someone phoned for you you know and you and the you were there and you took the message rather than doing the answer phone doing the message so i come home one night and one night and um he says like Marcus something something phoned and I go like what well, who is that I don't know anyone and then he and then he came home and I asked him and he sort of pronounced what he heard and was that guy's name
1: <laughs> I was like who is what, what? and what he, is his name my
2: cr- my crush's name who I was like what he phoned and I was in such a I was in such a I didn't realize at the time that I had never given him we had a very quick conversation on that bus to dinner but then he was seated somewhere completely different and I had trouble not running into Jason Donovan at the toilet all the time, who um, was there because he was doing Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor dream Dreamcoat at the time. And I had a massive crush on him also. But anyway, so, so there's this message supposedly from my big West End crush, Marcus D'Amico, um, on the blackboard in my Bristol garden, which is a euphemism for... Seller um, in England, flat, um, and he's already Google. <laughs> I think he's searching And um, until today, I don't know what happened. And it must have been a friend who was literally ha- playing a really, really bad joke on me, who I'd told oh. about this, oh. and who you know who realized that I wasn't on the phone, and then told my my roommate, you know, to i don't know it was it was weird it was weird i think i okay. i stalked him the other day and i think he runs a theater school somewhere or
0: something he um okay so i fully know who you're talking about because i just rewatched all of the original tales of the city well, okay, got it is uh, he, it's extremely fair of you to have a crush on him thank he you he was like adorable, you, a-dorable. Was adorable. and uh Mm-hmm. Was Absolutely. Guy.
2: There were a few, uh, honestly, there were a few men in the West End when I went to see theatre like three times a week when I was a student there, um, who I kept running into. Uh in Jeremy Northam, for example, is a name that just came to my mind at the National Theatre. I loved him in everything he was. He was such he was so sexy as an actor. I don't remember whether he was sexy sexy, but um hmm. um You know, but it's so long ago and here it doesn't happen because I work with these people. (laughs) <laughs> right that'll that'll do it right
0: <laughs> it's like oh wait i know i know you now oh, once okay you've, once you've, uh, once, then, once, you've
2: ha- once you've had contract negotiations with them you know yeah things change a little bit
0: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you're like oh okay <laughs> yes yes or yes. you've
2: booked flights and hotel rooms for them and taxis and whatnot you know
1: Mm-mm. i mean it's just phenomenal all of the things that you have done and to have a little tiny oh wait
0: wait wait there was one other thing that you wanted to ask about right schneider who who me yeah oh well i was like willing to let it go but maybe i'm not willing to let it go i just wanted to know like a little bit about what the magic mic live what what is that
2: oh it's um you know um
0: I mean, I know the films, yeah. but I'm like, was this a musical or is it literally no, just no, no, like it's a, a, it's a burlesque dance, type thing? It's a
2: dance show. It's a dance show. I mean, uh, okay, okay. Channing Tatum um, was clever enough, I think. I mean, you know, the, I think even the first film was like a... a A project that he had worked on like many, many, many years, and for some for for some funny reason got the financing together, even though he was a background dancer for Madonna, you know, and not a you know famous actor or anything. And so he owns, or at least after the first film, owned I think owns the the rights rights to the to the franchise, as it were. And um, I mean the story goes that he always wanted a stage show also to um, that would that would um, empower women in in uh, that's the official story and feeling good about themselves and having a night out hmm. for them. Um, and um, he found this amazing creative team. I mean, officially he's the director, but I don't think you know. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, the, I no. mean, it's all about choreography, you know. Um, and um, he's he found this amazing creative team that are all from either film or from that world of um oh we we first met when we were doing dancing for Rihanna or Beyonce or something on her tour mm-hmm, 10 mm-hmm. years ago you know these the kind of people that i we don't i don't really meet at, in work um circumstances normally you know it's a sure. completely different world um right. and there was a um and there was a production company in the Netherlands, funny enough, who wanted to go into the German market and didn't want to do musicals because there was already another big production company called Stage Entertainment in that market. And they had some money and they had, a, you know, and they were, they, were, they were throwing around ideas. And as a matter of fact, Stage Entertainment was offered the material and said, ah, it's not for us, it's not for our, um, for our uh, audience. And they threw the ball at an ex-employee of theirs who now worked for this Dutch company in Hamburg. And he said, Hmm. well, I mean, we're headed by a woman, the CEO is a woman, Hmm. let's go to London, see the show, see what she says. And she said, well, not like that, but pretty similar in Berlin, why not? (laughs) And it's basically uh, a dance show where amazing male dancers take off their shirts in every single number. But it's not like the Chittendales. They do not take off their trousers. And okay. it happens in the round in an, the most beautiful theatrical space I have ever worked in because it is completely designed like a film set. Um, and the, 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 the stage is in the center, but they play everywhere on every level Um, I mean they thrust their groins into the ladies as often as possible of course because then they drink more because this is how the show makes money really um
1: you know, this a, is such a nice. wholesome answer. I I was, yeah. this is, interesting. Uh, that's kind of no, I was
0: legitimately fascinated because I, you know, actually I think the first film was, was actually like surprisingly pretty decent. I didn't mind expectations I was it. like expecting it to be something other than it was. Well, I was like, oh, it well, actually not that bad. But um, mm. uh, yeah, yeah, so I was confused. I was just like, oh, was yeah. this like a book musical of the yeah. movie or is it like oh, just a totally, So yeah. Totally no. Sort of, that makes sense. There's
2: there is a tiny little story which is sort of a, 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 a sort of a, a women empowerment story. Really, um, mm-hmm. it, it starts with a, a woman being pulled from the audience, um, and hm. uh, she uh, ends up becoming the MC of the night.
1: Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. Was it still running up until it?
2: it yeah, it. Uh, we built we rebuilt a theater for it downstairs in the original Hunchback and Blue Man Theater, as a matter oh of fact. Oh my gosh, uh, that's where okay, yeah, it well. is. There is a space downstairs in the cellar which is huge, which we rebuilt. And of course, we didn't finish the rebuilding, so the the yeah. opening night was postponed by a month and another month and another month. And um, when it opened on the 16th of January last year, well, then you know how long it ran. It, mm. didn't, it didn't run oh so my long, God. to be honest. Wow. And I went straight from Berlin to then... Uh, produced the show um, in Belgium for its Australian tour, which opened October last year and has stopped and ha- has been in a stop and go uh, mode due to the pandemic ever since. You know? mm.
1: Okay, uh, okay.
2: It was supposed to open in Melbourne two weeks ago and it couldn't because they had a new outbreak there. I think it's opening this week, actually on Thursday or something, but I'm not involved with the show anymore. I was literally just... Doing the uh, the production time in Belgium, which we did because in Australia it's a tour and it plays in a tent, and the tent was built in Belgium, so they thought it was a good idea because the tent had to be set up anyway to do the rehearsal there.
1: I see. Okay. Wow. Oh my god. In
2: Australia, but it didn't.
1: I mean, Hans. Obviously, we could talk to you for another three hours, but since we are just about at three hours, and oh we are—I know, isn't that snip, shocking? Snip,
2: snip, cut this. Um, <laughs> we well.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you so thank much. You. It's been thank such you. a pleasure. It's been and so I, much I fun. I can't guys. wait to see you in real life. Oh, I want to yes. see you in real life.
0: I know. I want to come to Berlin. It's like my like short list.
2: Yeah, you've never been, time. right, Schneider?
0: No, I've never been. Yeah. And I'm like and Tim, you know, you like uh yeah. I need I need I need somebody to shepherd me That's all. Well, there are plenty of people that will
1: take will take that on. (laughs) I know. was like from knowing what I know, maybe that's actually not such a good idea. (laughs) We might not want to go to all the same places, Mm, but you know, some there'll be some overlap. There'll be some overlap Mm between the three of us. It'll be all right. Yes. Yes. Exactly. All right, Hans. Thank you so much. Thank you. You have a wonderful rest of your evening. because it's it is kind of evening pleasure. where you are yeah. and um hey okay. i'm glad
2: you you made this happen in the middle of your day you know you shouldn't have you should have but hey great thanks
1: no it's it's amazing it's perfect all right till okay. next time til next we
2: time. will be back no hope Toodaloo, as they say in cabaret ciao there is no